Hi, welcome to Piloting. I'm Melissa. And I'm Renee. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. Hello, Renee. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, We've had a couple technical difficulties so far with (laughs) just a couple this episode this is like our third or fourth time trying to record you know wi-fi but i'm doing really well how are you (laughs) i'm good we you know we love what we use for recording but every time we just press the recording button something just goes wrong and i don't know what is more symbolic of life than that (laughs) I feel like it's one of those things where like you're being tested of how much do you really want to do this like let's put some obstacles in your path to like test your commitment to like are you going to do these podcasts and we are so keep throwing shit our way (laughs) we we will overcome (laughs) we will press record and record and record again until we get it right okay Mm -hmm. and it's always just the intro but we're, we're through it. We're only a couple minutes in and so far so good. Um, but I am really excited to talk about lazy girl jobs um, because we sort of hinted at it in our last episode. And if you're on the TikToks, okay, I know it's just TikTok, but if you're on the TikTok, um, this has been a term that has gone viral, honestly, in the last like few months. And just to give some context before we we dive into it, it was coined by a TikTok creator and self, um, I guess, self-ascribed anti-work girl boss, Gabrielle Judge. And she sort of went on a few months ago and she talks a lot about nine to fives and she came out and coined the term lazy girl jobs, which when you first hear that term, I think alarms you in a way of like, what does that mean? Um, And does it actually mean what it says it means? And yeah, I'm excited to to pick at it because I didn't really know this was a thing until we actually started talking about something entirely different last episode. And the resource I shared, fun fact and ironically, is from Gabrielle Judge. The whole – questions to ask while you're getting interviewed and I shared an Instagram link that was her resource about lazy girl jobs and I didn't even really make that connection until I was looking into where did this like term lazy girl job come from full circle moment I love that I know I love how yeah I love that too of how (laughs) seed was planted in our heads and then now all of a sudden it's its own episode because we – if we're going to talk about career, life, personal development, um, we have to talk about this new lazy girl era that Gen Zs and millennials are are buying into. Yeah. And honestly, I don't love the term lazy girl job because when I was digging into how do we define a lazy girl job – Honestly, they're just talking about a job that feels quite healthy. There was actually an article, I'll drop it in the show notes, Mm -hmm. where the headline was, lazy girl jobs are just healthy jobs. It's about 
having set work hours and boundaries. It's about, you know, giving a lot of your effort, but not overexerting yourself to the point of burnout. Like lazy girl jobs aren't saying that you just sit around, eat chips all day and collect a paycheck. (laughs) As much as I would love that job and think that I would (laughs) excel if anyone knows anyone who's hiring, but (laughs) like you're actually doing work. (laughs) So I just feel like the name is so, it just doesn't line up. I'm not into it. You know, I thought the exact same thing when I first heard that term. I literally said, WTF, what is that? And at first I was like, uh, I was kind of weary. And I'm like, I feel like it's not what I think it is. And um, you might have saw this article too. Maybe this is the same one we're talking about. If not, I'll drop this link in the show notes. But she coined this term um, – to prove a point. She said, I wanted it to be a 180 from the traditional hustle culture mentality since a healthy work-life balance is often viewed as lazy. So I think she did it on purpose. Uh, And so, I I mean, I do give her some brownie points for that of like, it's a showstopper and it's a scroll stopper of like, whoa, lazy girl job. What is she talking about? I need to know more. So it did peak. It is something that will peak your interest. Although the name definitely does not give it the same sort of credit and value I think that it does actually bring to the table. Um, And I don't think it's new, right? Like this whole sentiment around work-life balance, quote, having a lazy girl job isn't new news. It's sort of another way of coining something I believe we've all been craving and are on that journey to sort of get. Um, But I will say she's gotten a lot of – and there is just like a lot of backlash in general from the term lazy girl job. Uh, I saw this like segment on Fox News where they were like, oh, look, look, look again. Gen Zs just don't want to work. Lazy girl jobs. And I think it's just because they didn't really like dig into the true meaning of what it's trying to get at, which is what you mentioned earlier, healthy. It's about health – like having a healthy relationship with work and having more work-life balance, which is hard to sort of pinpoint like what is truly, in my opinion, work-life balance because it's so different. It's just so different for each of us what we need from work and what we need from life to feel balanced because it's not – we're not on like the same track anymore as we may have been decades ago, give or take. Um, we're all living completely different types of lives and there's so many ways to live a life now that who's to say what's balanced for you means balance for me. For sure. Like we're all at different places. Like I look at people sometimes who are like, oh yeah, I'm working my butt off. And I'm just like, my definition of like really working my butt off Like the bar is just so different from theirs and it goes Mm. in every way. Like an Olympic athlete would probably look at me and be like, girl, you're not really giving that much. Whereas I'm like, I'm tapped out. (laughs) I gave it my all, (laughs) you know? So like, like at, at both ends of the spectrum, like whoever you're talking, like we just all have different levels of what feels healthy, what feels harmonious, blah, blah, blah. But I also, I want to, push back on this idea again that people don't want to work and they 
don't want to do anything because there was actually a study like McKinsey does an annual woman in the workplace study. And it's, it's one of the biggest reviews of like women in corporate America and I guess corporate Canada, it's North America focused. And their study this year actually found that women's ambition is higher than ever. They said that 96% of women say Mm. their career is important to them. The same amount as men, 90%, 97% of women, sorry, and men say that they are seeking better work-life balance, but also view their careers as very important. Over 80% of women want to be promoted. So it's, it's again, it's not that we're all just kicking back and saying, I want to be entry-level forever, or like, I only aspire to middle management. I mean, it's fine if you do, but the research shows that people still want to grow and invest in other areas of their lives it's not like we all just only want to hang out with our friends and so I just yeah some of those generalizations just feel it just feels like old it just feels like just like oh these young whippersnappers have something different so I'm gonna like push (laughs) back on it I don't know I'm just like just like leave people alone (laughs) people are we are still trying to do stuff that is absolutely fair because I mean, I'm not going to lie to I've definitely been at work and have had not, I wouldn't say similar notions around Gen Z, but it's sort of like how every generation looks at the next generation of like, well, hold on. How come you all don't have to sort of go through what I went through? And at first, like, I'm not going to lie, maybe earlier mm. in my career, I'm like, wow, that seems really unfair. But now when I sit at it more mid-career, I'm like, you know what? No, you shouldn't have to put up with what I put up with because I clearly didn't have boundaries um, back in the day. And just because you now have boundaries doesn't mean your experience needs to be as negative and toxic as mine was. I should actually be commending them and learning from them. And so I do think this like lazy girl job – a, from what I've my, – my understanding of the term, it definitely means, yes, what you talked about, healthy boundaries, just having like a healthier relationship with work, work-life balance. But it also is a – they described it in this NBC article as a viral term that refers to well-paying, flexible jobs that allow for leisure time. So as you mentioned, it has nothing to do with the lack of work that you're putting in and the lack of um, input, but maybe just more cognitive thinking of like, this is not all that my life is centered around. And I think Gabrielle like mentioned, there's like a quote in this article as well. It's decentering your nine to five from your identity, which I don't 100% like agree with. I'm not going to lie. Like I do think there's in my head, at least I can't, Carpamentalize my nine to five from the rest of my life where this is my nine to five and then this is the rest of my life. Like there is parts of me that have to be sold into a little bit of what I'm doing in that quote nine to five to make it worth it just because that's so many hours of your day dedicated to something. I just have to have some sort of connection to it. Like I can't completely feel disengaged from that. And I don't think that's her point either. I don't think it's about being disengaged or 
not about working as hard or what you mentioned, having this lack of ambition. It's more so of just like recognizing you just can't spend every minute of your whole life dedicated to working for somebody else like that when you're not really taking care of the things in your life that you're supposed to and enjoy it. Well, also like her definition of a lazy girl job talks about flexibility, leisure time and being well paid. That doesn't sound like a lazy girl job. That sounds like a dream job. Like who doesn't want those things? <laughs> like I'm paid well. I get some time to True. breathe and I have flexibility. Like I don't see anything wrong with any of those things. Those are actually three of the things at the top of my list. <laughs> what I, I, anyone and what I would encourage anyone to look for in a job. So yeah, I'm, that's fair. Yeah. Like, like, let's all get those jobs. <laughs> but I think you're right, though. There is this idea of, well, if I had to struggle, everyone else has to struggle, too. And I don't think that's fair. I also feel like let's let's walk the talk. Like, you know, if we're saying we want these better conditions, but then we get uncomfortable when people are actually doing the thing that we say that we want you know like we say work-life balance but then we mm. give the side eye to someone who is leaving the office at 4 59 instead of like lingering you know later into the mm. evening and it's like well do we actually want these things or is this just like slogans that we just say because it sounds nice like how like let's be real about and I don't mean you and me but like as a work culture let's be honest about do we actually want people to be happier or are we going to question them every time they get like a taste of bliss? <laughs> like, just like, you know, like let's create that space. If you're able to get your work done efficiently, you're meeting deadlines, you're maybe even exceeding stuff. Why can't you have a little breathing room? I, I think that's like, if that's what we say we want, let's honor that when it starts to become a reality. Well, when, okay, so when you said that, at first I was like, oh, does she mean when you said we? I'm like, does she mean like leadership and and the employers or the team? And I think you mentioned like sort of like the employers, like as a culture, what do we want? And I'm thinking too, also me and you. I like include as the colleagues, team, Because yeah. I feel like, okay, yeah, because I feel like there are people who I may have worked with in the past. I mean, like, we're the majority against leadership, right? And so if we aren't rallying together and if we all don't believe in that, like, there's not going to be much room for change if we're doing the side-eyeing or if we're, like, rolling our eyes or if we're not – there's not, like, that agreed upon, like, hey – what do we all mean by setting boundaries? Like we also have to set boundaries with our with ourselves, with each other, and then plus leadership. But leadership's not going to get it unless we all are active against it. <laughs> Does that make sense? I'm like I'm trying to like think of like an example, right? Of the okay, let's say the the time boundary of leaving work at a reasonable time. Um, I'm not quite the 5 p.m. shut my computer person. Um, I know a lot of people are, but I also am not the like 
8 a.m. Like I'm right up on my email. And that's why for me personally, I'm okay with the 5.15, the 5.30, maybe even the 6 because of the autonomy and flexibility I may have had during the workday. Um, but let's say that that's the culture of like we need to be more reasonable with how much time we spend at work. So we can't be the employee part of the team who's staying at work at like 10 p.m. or coming to work at 6, 6 a.m. and leaving at 10 p.m. if we're all trying to like be better about setting time boundaries because it looks bad on the rest of your team to be like, oh, yeah, no, no, I agree. Like we should all come be home at a reasonable time, but yet there are a handful of folks who continue to work at 10 until 10 p.m. And how I'm trying to like work this out in my head is the reason for it is like, I'm not trying to punish the people who are overachievers and who work really hard. But if that becomes the expectation of leadership of like, Oh, well, so-and-so continue to do this. It becomes like sort of like the culture of like, Oh, well now everyone is sort of expected to pull in the all nighters. And that's what I personally like have, experiences with where no one really had boundaries over like what time the day ended and so everyone just sort of like ended the day together and it would be at six and then it would end up at seven and then all of a sudden 10 p.m.s were I wouldn't say the norm but almost the expectation I'm kind of losing track of where I was going with that (laughs) of but just giving the example of like we all sort of have to rally around this together to make a difference. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's really helpful to do like an us versus them, like the big bad employer and we're the employees. Like I I, I think we're all in this together. Like we all need to get on the same page about what what we want, what we don't want. I also think like sometimes when people work late, it's not because they're overachievers and they want to like a lot of many times I've worked late. I did not want to. I just had to get the work done. (laughs) You know, it wasn't like a choice of, oh, you just like want to be there. (laughs) Like, and I'm like, no, I would actually rather have signed off three hours ago, but I have responsibilities and I, you know, me and my team or whoever it is just have to meet them. And that's the time investment that's unfortunately needed yes that might you can make the argument that there are other planning resourcing issues at play there but like I think that's just a reality for some people yeah and I agree like I'm I'm thinking if that becomes the norm though right like if that becomes the norm where that becomes like your everyday and all of a sudden you're averaging 55 hours of timed work in a year. In a week. 55 hours of work in a year sounds great. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Like 55 (laughs) hours a week on average over the year. And that's like an example I'm like pulling from my own experience. And in that moment, I sort of – not I sort of. I backed it up where it's like, well, I had to do what I had to do because that's just the name of the game. And that's just like what happens when you're an agency and working for clients. When I think back on it, it's like, no, 
no, no, no, no. Because what ended up happening is I sacrificed so much for that and for what? You know, like, of course, I got a lot of experience. Of course, I built some good relationships with my clients. Like, there, I could definitely look at the silver lining of that. But if I look at it realistically, like, I sacrificed a lot to be able to put 55 hours of work. And if I'm being totally frank with you right now, I put off motherhood because I had a realization when I was working and putting in that time of that, those type of hours in there of like, I can't, and you know, who knows what would have happened. But in my head, I said, I cannot be the parent that I want to be in these type of conditions. So that's a sacrifice I quote made because I was like, I can't work like this and be the mom that I want to be. Now, I could argue like people make it work, you know, all this stuff, but that's just like what I felt like I was sacrificing at the time. And Gabrielle Judge, like her Instagram, she has like a lot of good TikToks and videos around this like lazy girl job era that she's in and and what and like what she's trying to promote and push. And one thing that really resonated with with me about sort of her argument around this like healthier type of relationship with work is she said the things that I was able to accomplish and do because I didn't overwork myself. And it was like a list of like I went to therapy, I met an amazing partner, I worked on mending family relationships. Um, you know, and all these like other, like I, I started cooking healthier foods. And so what I like about this like era that's happening, it's like a really good reminder that we are so much more than our jobs. And what this lazy girl job is trying to push is that decentralization of your identity with your nine to five. And that there's, you could actually be better, a better person, a better partner, a better employee um, if you are able to give the space needed outside of that nine to five to work on things. Uh, And so you don't feel like you're just continuing to sacrifice so much time and time again for maybe a company that doesn't really value as much as we think that they may be valuing. Yeah, I have two things on that. One, like you've mentioned Gabrielle Judge a lot. Like what are her credentials? Like is she just someone who's sharing her thoughts or like? Yeah, that's a great question. (laughs) We're putting a lot of stock in this woman. Like who is she? (laughs) Like is it me? Like did I just – I mean, not to say that regular people can't have transformative ideas. I, I, I don't, I believe that they can, but like, who is she? But also I wonder, like, do you feel though, cause like you're saying a lot about nine to fives and like 55 hours a week. And I think for the average person who's kind of just paying their bills, like all of that resonates. But what if you're someone who really is connected to your work because I do think there's some people who Mm -hmm. like you say 55 hours a week and they're like I would happily spend 70 hours a week working on this or more 
I love this. I enjoy, like, not just I enjoy my job, but I truly love it. I feel like it's connected to my purpose. Like, do you feel like you'd feel differently about time investment if it wasn't just a quote unquote nine to five, like a thing that you're just doing? But if you're like, oh, I really love being a music teacher and I love staying late with the students. I love like helping them prep. Like I've had some teachers who I know are putting in way more hours than they were paid for, than is standard. But I could see in their eyes, like they really did get a lot of like deep seated fulfillment out of teaching. Like that really felt connected to their purpose. Like I, I think it might be different for some people depending on their relationship with the specific job or career. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the why life, like work-life balance is such a subjective theory because balance means different things for different people. And I commend people who have found such purpose and get paid to live their purpose. I don't know if that's always the case. Like it's not as black and white, I think. I have known people who are so painfully passionate about what they do and I've seen it and I've seen them deteriorate because of it. But I've also seen the flip side where I've seen people just thrive because of how much their work gives them life. And so it really just depends on what you're willing to sacrifice and the cost. Everything, I, I believe everything has a cost, right? We, we're only given 24 hours in a day. And it's really up to you at that point what you want to do with it. You know, if you're spending that time appropriately, then that's really up to you to decide if that's valid enough for you. And for me, I could argue at that period of time in my life, that job was not worth 55 plus hours a week. What it did to my health, what it did to my self-confidence, what it did to a lot of things wasn't worth it. Now, this next job I have or, you know, the next like, 10, 15 years, I might find something that I'm st I'm still giving 55 hours of my life to a week, but I could be benefiting it in so much better ways. I just know that in that period of time, like that wasn't worth it. Um, and I will say this last job I had, it felt like a quote, lazy girl job where now this is the job that I was laid off from. But it felt like something where I felt well compensated for. It gave me a lot of flexibility. It was remote. I loved who I worked with. I felt like I matured in my craft. I felt challenged enough, but I also felt like I was able to step away from it and be okay. And no, I might have not been hitting like 55 hours and of course, I probably hit over 40 hours sometimes, but I, that wasn't my average, right? Like I wasn't consistently every week putting in – like I wasn't overworking. And so only experiencing that, quote, lazy girl job for a year and a half 
I personally enjoyed it and I reaped a lot of positive benefits from it. I saw a difference in my sleep, in my skin, in my relationships and all of that. Um, But I don't know if a lazy girl job is necessarily like the long-term solution. It could be a short-term solution for when you're figuring things out or you just need a consistent paycheck. You're still growing in your craft, but you might not be like expediting your growth because of this like lazy girl job. Um, I don't know what the long-term solution would be per se, but I I don't know if that's like – that's the job that we should be having from now until retirement. I think the dream that a lot of people have is how can I get to a point in time where I'm making money but I don't necessarily need to be working all the G-dang time. Um, In my head, I'm just kind of thinking of like even some of these celebrities who literally make money as they sleep. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think – you mentioned celebrity and that actually is something I was thinking a lot about like these lazy girl jobs is that there is a lot of privilege in having a lazy girl Mm. job. The kinds of skill set that a lot of these jobs require, usually it's a certain level of education. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why like I, I push back a little bit on like the number of hours a week because I know people who have 55 hour week, is a good week. And you know what I mean? Like, I, I just want to be mindful too that like everyone's different. Everyone's circumstance is different. And again, just because like I might be in a better position doesn't mean that I can't be frustrated too, but there, there is a, but do we want people working 55 hours a week? Like I don't, I don't think I don't if you if you don't want to I don't think that you should have to to get by yeah if you thought something you want to do like have fun yeah I don't I don't have the solution for it I don't want them doing that (laughs) gosh Renee yeah you don't (laughs) I know but because like yeah I know I'm just thinking of like different like labor jobs labor intensive jobs like they're just different fields where I'm like I like you know, lawyers or, for example, like it's the other end of the spectrum. They're like highly specialized, but none of my lawyer yeah. friends are working <laughs> like normal hours. And that that's its own problem, too. But yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with that. I'm just I just want to I want to acknowledge that this whole conversation does come from a place of privilege. Because like I know there might be people who are rolling their eyes going, wow, you're complaining about a 42 hour week like lucky you, you know. <laughs> So I like I hear that this is definitely champagne problems um, to, that people are talking about. That's fair. And I mean, I just think that just widens up the whole issue with a lot of work culture issues that we could get into. I just don't think that we have the like expertise to. I mean, I'm, you know, you're – friends like you have lawyer friends like I have loved ones who are in healthcare and the way that that has deteriorated people pre-COVID during COVID post-COVID I mean it's heartbreaking to me and I see it firsthand and so it's yeah right like sometimes perspective and I think about that all the time 
especially if I'm ever like complaining about my work week and I look at Eric and I'm like, geez, do I really have anything to be be like complaining about when you just, this is like during COVID where you just don't even want, or we can't even like sleep in the same bed because you've been exposed to like 20 plus COVID patients. And I'm sitting here complaining about having to stay up late to write a creative brief. Like, yeah, it's, you know, Mm. definitely have privilege there. Um, But I just think in general, our really, it just really drills down to like our relationship with work. And I don't know, the, our each owns like individual costs that we're willing to pay for it. And you know, growing up, I probably used to be a little bit judgmental on like, oh, like that does sound like a comfortable job or hmm, looks like they took the easy route there, you know, hustle, you know, they're not, doesn't really seem like to me that they're hustling. And like in my mind, I'm like, maybe they're actually going about it in a smart way. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I just think, like you said, we only have 24 hours in a day, but we also, you know, we all have our own limits of like how much we can bear in a moment, you know? And so like, mm-hmm. if you are dealing with something in your private life, that's taking up a lot of headspace and energy and time. Like I've seen people like work through trauma, Matt navigate grief, like in those seasons, they're like, I mm. cannot be giving a lot to my job. Like I've got bigger things that I'm working through right now. So I can only give you what I can give you. There may be other seasons where you're like, these other parts of my life are feeling great. And I want to give more in this space. And I'm getting as much back as I am giving. Um, I think I think the issue is like less about how much time you're spending on work. And it's more how much time are you spending fulfilling your purpose? And if your work is connected to your purpose, not not to be cliche and like, oh, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. But I do think if if your quote unquote day job is more is more closely connected to your purpose, you mm-hmm. are you're gonna watch the clock a little differently than someone who is like, this job is connected to things I'm good at. Not necessarily my purpose, but I, you know, like I have family members who work in education and it is a true, they're doing it on weekends, they're doing it on holidays, they're doing it unpaid. It like it, not to say that it's not hard, but like there is, there is something coming that they're getting from that work that you can't, they don't want to, it's not a clean time to clock out, you know, like they're really passionate about educating and just giving that access to kids and like it's a different relationship looking at them from someone who's like I'm working on a creative brief it might be something I'm good at it might be something I like but I don't think my legacy in the world is to like write the best creative briefs like that's not what I want on my tombstone <laughs> <laughs> so you know it, I don't know Renee I've written some damn good creative briefs <laughs> I don't think nothing I'm doing in my day jobs need to go on my tombstone just as an FYI for people <laughs> But that that's my own problem for someone else. Like they might love something to say, like she expanded access to education for thousands of kids across 
the diaspora or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's different. But I, I you're and, right when you talk about like being aware of what, what you're sacrificing and that those choices are choices you want to make and not that you feel like you had to make. And, you know, when I think about, I'm just like thinking about the world as a whole and it's like we have to, at the same time, we have to have people who go above and beyond because if we didn't have those people, we wouldn't have the overachievers and the exhilarating like inventions that we have in our modern day. It's because of certain people who have found that purpose, used it for good and have worked time and time again, more hours than I could probably even fathom. Like, I mean, I mean, thinking about, I mean, geez, like I sound like a uh, broken record here, but when I think about like Beyonce and Oprah, um, think about, you know, I'm trying to think of like, I mean, even like Jason Derulo. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know, of these people who are just so freaking like passionate about what they want to do in life and they have given that gift to the world. Now, I think it goes without saying that they at some point felt like they sacrificed it. To us on the outside, it may look like a sacrifice that we're not willing to make, but for them – it was something that they were willing to make. But, you know, and even when I think about who I was shared earlier about that person who I saw it deteriorate them by how much they put into the work, but I knew just how like well-intentioned and good they were at heart. And I know the reason for it. It's because it was their responsibility to make sure everybody on the payroll got paid and that there was a business to wake up to and that everyone Mm -hmm. had health insurance because they recognized that if they made a mistake, it would ripple and affect more than just her or them, right? It would affect their employees. It would affect their families. It would affect their kids. And so there is this really huge pressure that people in those types of positions have to exceed. And it's just sort of a question that like I have to ask myself of like, am I so desperately passionate about this thing that I'm willing to become a leader in that space and have people depend on me for payroll? (laughs) And if that answer is yes, then that is what may drive me to put in the hours that may be needed for something. But if the answer is no, then maybe that's not what I should be working f- towards. You know what I mean? And so mm. – and, and some people are are driven by that. So, you know, I wasn't trying to shame them at all about how I just saw it, them deteriorate. And when I say that, I just mean like health and like just overall wellness – yeah, I don't think you are shaming anyone. Um, good. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for her. But I just, when I think about that and I see that and then I look about like my life, I'm like, God, I just, I get it. But like, I don't want that. Like, that's not my end game for work <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, it just keeps coming down to like, what's work like is Mm -hmm. work a job or is work like a calling is it a purpose you know what I mean I I think I think for me that 
that impacts a lot of how I, I think about it. I also think, and I wish I could, ugh, I've been trying to rack my brain for like where I got this source and I cannot remember, but it's not from me, but it's like this idea that like you talk about like people relying on you for payroll and like, mm-hmm. you know, having those sorts of things. I think a lot of the lazy girl discussion in my limit, like what I've seen of it, you're right. It's not really talking as much about entrepreneurs, business owners, people in charge. Again, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the luxury of being a lazy girl is that you're kind of like in the middle or at the bottom, I guess, is what I'm inferring. <laughs> it's like yeah, you can't I get, be a lazy yeah. girl at the top. Get that vibe too. Um, but I think like as as this maybe just be personal, like as I get older, I think responsibility feels less of just a burden but I think it it can be it can definitely be burdensome to be responsible for other people and responsible for things but I also think that there's a gift in having to be responsible I think when you make connections with people you become responsible for them in various capacities it might not be their salary but it might be what their day looks like. Like we talk about working late. Many times Mm -hmm. I've worked late or my colleagues have worked late. It's been to stay behind to help out someone else. They don't have to do it, but there is a a responsibility in that, oh, we have a good relationship. We're on the same team. Let's share the load. And as as I look at, as annoying or frustrating as it can be, it can feel really heavy depending on how many responsibilities you have or the magnitude of them. I, I think there is there is still something kind of beautiful that I'm in a space to be responsible because it means that I'm surrounded by people and things that mm-hmm. count on me. And I think we sh- I, for myself, at least, I don't want to always view that as, ugh, why? Um, as someone who has a lot of personal responsibilities in my own personal life as well, mm-hmm. that in in my younger life, I've looked at as like, oh, why do I have to like deal with this? Or why is this like something that's going to be on my shoulders? I think part of my just growth and like making peace with myself is, yeah, that is that is extra work or effort, but that's not always a bad thing. Yes, it might feel bad if you're like, oh, I'm just punching the clock here. But I, th- there can be a mindset to, I don't know. I don't want to be that person who's like, everything's just like, get the right mindset. Because like, there are some situations where you're like, I need to distance myself from this circumstance. Like, it's not my mind. Like, I just need to get myself out of here. <laughs> and I support that. But I don't know. I, I, responsibility isn't always a bad thing. It might create more work, but it, I don't think it's always bad. No, I like your perspective on it because what is it with great power comes great responsibility or is it the other way around? Yeah, Spider-Man, baby. Spider-Man. And the thing, what I like about your perspective on that is like, what's the point if you don't care? And what I'm, you know, hearing from that, what it's making me think of is like, yes, like in the right context, in the right situation, leadership is a powerful thing that you can use for to make great change you know what I mean like there is a lot of like 
greatness that can come with being able to like change the way things were and to go against the status quo and to be like, well, I definitely am not going to be the type of manager that maybe previous managers of mine were. And you sort of like pick and learn from the past and you like make it better. So you may not be the manager that solves, well, okay, I saw this about parents. Like how can we expect our parents? We shouldn't expect our parents to solve all of our generational trauma. And that's just like unfair to do that. But one by one, we can. You know what I mean? And so I feel the same way about Mm -hmm. management of like, okay, I might not be like the greatest manager in the whole entire world, but I've learned from my previous managers what not to do and what to do and can make a more positive impact on the team that I'm leading and my like direct reports. And so not – yeah. So I I, basically what I'm saying is I like what you were saying there. And I sort I guess my last sort of like thought on on lazy girl jobs is it's definitely not the solution and answer to like everything. And I do, however, think that it does bring up really good conversations and questions about our relationships with work. Um, great question on like what are the credentials that this person has other than she's a millennial just <laughs> like us trying to get by. Um, but I am so glad that this sort of like came out. I mean, the news like ran with it. Like I think Wall Street Journal wrote articles on it. She was on NBC News and like Fox yeah, News. and everywhere. Um, and I don't think – you know, not to like <laughs> – This sounds mean, but it's not supposed to be. It's not that I think she's so special in this. I think she just happened to go viral. But she does share some, like, sentiments that I think have been brewing from quite some time. And I appreciate any conversation we have to flip sort of the status quo on work and career and all that in general. Um, So, yeah, it was super thought-provoking and – Good old TikTok. <laughs> Making things viral. Old TikTok is yeah, TikTok's really where the trends are these days. I know. Gen Z, we're listening. I promise. As your older millennial, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll end there. <laughs> um, um, well, do you want to transition to gold stars? Yeah. Um, So my – yeah, sure. My gold star is in a totally different vein. So it is – I'm lactose intolerant and it's like hot cocoa, hot chocolate season. And I have recently discovered Swiss Miss. They have a non-dairy chocolate-flavored hot cocoa mix. Guys. Swiss Miss. That's cute. It is – it's because I mean you most you've have you had like regular Swiss Miss right like that's mm-hmm. kind of like the with the go-to hot chocolate brand little tiny mini marshmallows. Yeah, like those sachets, and they have their non-dairy cocoa mix is amazing because the issue with like hot chocolate is that some people will be like, oh, just like make it with plant-based milk or mm. you know, but like the chocolate itself is dairy. Um, but their non-dairy cocoa mix, like they use coconut milk like powdered coconut milk in the sachet and so it just adds like this extra creaminess that I actually think it tastes better than the regular like my memory at least of the dairy version highly highly recommend 
if you're in the mood for like a cozy night in and you too struggle with too much dairy <laughs> or any any dairy there I will link it I, I think this is the best gold star I've added so far the non-dairy like, I think chocolate most, flavored hot cocoa I think most Americans struggle with dairy if we're willing to admit it or not there's just something know, well, yeah about our cows um <laughs> anyway <laughs> my gold star if you follow me on Instagram, you may pick up on this, but I have been on a true crime podcast kick, which is beyond me. This is not on brand. I don't know what has taken over me. I'm not talking the about- brand like, is changing. The brand is evolving. She sure is. Yeah. She's growing and expanding. And the- <laughs> Sorry, I'm giggling because, you know, good old background noise. Um, true crime. Okay. So I'm not talking, I'm not really into like hardcore murders or like serial killer vibes or like things like that. Um, more of the, the true crime stuff that I can digest. I listened to one podcast called Scamanda, uh, keep it short, long story. She is, or long story short, she is a woman who claimed to have cancer and basically uh, scammed people for several years and raised over $100,000 plus in wire fraud. She never had cancer, by the way. Um, That's not a spoiler. Yeah, that was a great podcast. And um, an old friend of mine put me on a podcast called Dr. Death, which is – this one's a little bit more like creepy, but this is about like doctors in healthcare space who – in some ways or another, each season is different, have scammed or hurt people along the way. Yeah. And that one's that one's a little tough to listen to sometimes because it makes me never want to go to the doctor again. But if you're into true crime, those are my gold stars. And I want all of the recommendations. Uh, I just don't want serial killer ones. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so you like more of like a, a scammer kind of? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not like haunting or that kind of stuff. I yeah, I can't I can't do true crime. Like that will make me afraid to leave my house. I will like happily watch like dystopian, like give me like a squid games, like a horror, like anything like that. But like if it has mm. an inch of like, oh, this is slightly real, I'm like, I don't want to hear that. Like <laughs> Give give me the fictional version of this. Um. Yeah, it's really hard to like log into Hulu and Netflix right now because they just have like the top banner of like Saw and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I'm like, y'all, like I have never once watched this film on here. Why are you suggesting it? <laughs> I've had Netflix for like 10 years. I have never like watched a scary film. Please, the algorithm is not working for me here. So uh, I don't mind a scary movie if oh, it's no. if it's fake. <laughs> if it's fake, um, what are you manifesting this week? I am manifesting to rip the band aid, and what I mean by that is mm. a little Miss Procrastination Station over here. Just sometimes, like especially in these like last few weeks, I have just been like putting off doing certain things because I'm just. I don't know if it's like fear or anxiousness or something is just like 
things feel overwhelming and I honestly just need to like rip the Band-Aid and do it because I will feel so much better about it. And I did that today. Um, so my manifestation came true on a Monday. So go me. Um, and I had – you can call admin day or like potato day where you're just kind of like sifting through potato emails. Potato day. Yeah. Well, our our girl Jules Ackery made up this term and she has like potato days, Mondays and Wednesdays where she doesn't film. She's sort of in like comfy clothes and does like a lot of like admin computer work. And then her mm. like filming days where she gets done up and like maybe wears makeup or puts on like real clothes are the other days of the week. So she can like film because she's like a big YouTube content creator. And so I've sort of like adopted that like potato day is more like an admin day to sort of like sit down and get through all of the like boring adult stuff that you just got to do and rip the band-aid and call the bank and do the credit card payments and you know just the stuff that you're like I'll do it later um so yeah my manifestation is to rip the band-aid and just get it done oh I like that mine is a quote from Side Hustle Pro, they have a great, uh, she has a great podcast. And on Instagram, she shared this quote, be visible. No one can find you if you're hiding. And I like that because I think so many of us are afraid to put ourselves out there and and, and show our full true selves. Um, and I think we should all, I'm speaking to myself, like, have the courage and like push myself to be visible I feel like people only talk about put yourself out there when they're talking about dating but I think in so many other ways like show people your true self that gives you that you can make new friends you can you know it's not just with your love life like just be visible and stop hiding I I I just think that's a nice sentiment be visible that's what I'm manifesting I like these I love that we do these manifestations I think I know sometimes at least I do struggle and scramble and I'm like, oh, what am I what am I actually manifesting this week? Like what do I want? But the the intention and the action to sort of like think about it and then to say it out loud, I mean, I think that's like the magic of the manifestation, right? Like you're putting yeah. it out there. So I'm glad that we There is magic when you claim it. Mhm. And by speaking it, we're claiming it. Mm-hmm. So don't hide, rip the Band-Aid. <laughs> I, yeah, those are some basic fundamental life rules that like we all need a little reminder on from time to time. <laughs> Amen. Like it. <laughs> um, well, before we log off, um, another quick reminder that our book club episode is going to be on November 8th. And uh, we're going to be reading Michelle Obama's The Light We Carry overcoming in uncertain times. Um, So that date is fastly approaching. And so if you want to read along with us, um, that episode will be launching in a couple of weeks. And I mean, Michelle Obama, just the two words you need to to know. (laughs) You can't go wrong. Did you ever read her first book, Becoming? Okay. I'm not going to lie. I did not finish it. And that's just bad timing with reading. But I did have the intent of reading it and I own it on my Kindle. So I have – I literally have no excuse. I'm assuming no, you did. N- not not judging you. I didn't finish it because of 
timing as well. Like I got like so close to the end. I just and like now it's in my storage unit, so like I can't finish oh, no. to like get out of my storage unit. But I saw her talk live about the book in New York with Sarah Jessica Parker, was the one who moderated the conversation. And it's just everything that comes out of Mrs. Obama's mouth. I it's just like I soak it in. Snap, I just, like, she's so cool. She yeah. is. Uh, she so many is. other words, but she is also cool. <laughs> I know, Renee. You have your vocabulary is like Chef's Kiss, and I just love it. She's just cool. <laughs> That's when you know Renee's speechless. She's just cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she she's she's a cool chick. I'm into it. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> thanks for uh, listening, guys. Yeah. And thanks gals for being and here. <laughs> thanks for being here. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Bye.